0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Dave-O. Doesn't it seem like it's still October of 2014? Good starting pitching, check. Great relief pitching, check. Outstanding defense, check. Stealing bases, check. Some power and clutch hits. We're seeing that. Check. And a Royals win. Another big check as we welcome you into another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. The Royals picking up right where they left off, it feels like, last postseason. It's Davo on your dish after a beautiful night at Kauffman Stadium, both from the result of the game. As Casey wins 7-5 to in a well-played game in front of 23,000-plus on a Wednesday, but also weather-wise beautiful as well. You know, As late as 5 o'clock, it looked like this game might be in question, but we got this one in, and we got it in in a big way, as we'll break down this one after we give you our player of the game and our moment of the game. We'll also preview tomorrow as well here on your Dish Clubhouse Conversation. Getting right to our player of the game, Eric Hosmer. Definitely Eric Hosmer tonight for me. A couple other guys you could consider were obviously Lorenzo Cain and and uh, Jason Frazier and Salvi, some great plays. We'll get to all that in a little bit. But to me, Eric Hosmer, the Royals get down 3-1 to one in the top of the second. So Casey goes up one nothing. bottom of the first. You're thinking, this is great. Duffy looked fantastic. What, 11 pitches in that top of the first inning? Royals get up one nothing. He comes back, gives up the three-run bomb to Tyler Flowers. And then not an inning later, inning and a half later, Eric Hosmer unloads. A three-run shot to right center. Second straight outing that Carlos Quintana's pitched against the Royals at Hosmer's Homerden back on September 25th of last year. That Thursday night game, that first of four in Chicago to end the year, was the last time he faced Carlos. But yard in that start as well. So on the season, Alec Trios was our player of the game once, Hosmer once. Our moment of the game in the eighth inning, it's got to be Lorenzo Kane. Again, I considered Jason Frazier coming in and doing the job in the sixth, but Kane whacking the two run, no doubt, home run over the Royals bullpen there in left field off Zach Putnam. Big-time Royals win. Huge hit from Lo Kane. Huge response, too, after he got drilled in the leg with a fastball his first at bat. First pitch he saw, obviously the Sox are throwing at Kane. And I'm going to jump on my soapbox here for a second. Why? I mean, let's go back to it. Moustakis hits a home run opening day. They come back and drill Lorenzo Kane. Okay? Because Jeff Samar just frustrated with a fastball. Obviously, they drill him. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. The empires agreed, obviously, with the warnings. So Kane, all he does is kind of look at him, maybe says a thing or two, and Samar just says to him, if you didn't hear, Samar just says to him, walk to first base, boy. Run to first base, boy. Kane didn't like it. It's about it. he set him down, took a step or two towards him. You drilled the guy after a home run. It's obvious you hit him. I mean, are they still mad about that, or are they mad that Kane said after the game, you know, Monday night, that he was thrown out intentionally so they thought they needed need to throw at him again? I mean, whatever. Stupid. Whatever, White Sox. The Royals responded with Danny Duffy coming up, and in on LaRoche obviously a bit later. That next inning, the third hitter, you know, with two outs and nobody on. First pitch was obviously a purpose pitch. As the Royals didn't argue that. Duffy didn't argue it. So, in my mind, things are back to even again. The Royals were hit later on in the game. Moose was hit, but that was you know with two strikes. They weren't throwing at him. So, I think we're back to even on that now. Kind of kind of bush league by the White Sox, but whatever. Rails even that one up but let's go back here so let's talk about pitching and defense we mentioned Danny Duffy coming up and in a Roche. I mean his, Duffy's line is not good tonight obviously but I thought he pitched a lot better than the line indicated 5 plus innings for Danny with 5 runs on 8 hits he struck out 5 in this game didn't walk anybody Threw 81 pitches and 61 were strikes. Maybe he threw too many strikes. I mean, I felt like even a few times he hit the glove, didn't get the call. So to me, three out of four pitches he threw up there were easily strikes. I mean, they were. I mean, I guess they were already, but maybe 80 to 85% were strikes if he gets a few more calls. A couple of bad pitches, obviously, the one to Flowers, you know, mistake up but also remember the hitter before that, Gordon Beckham, meant that little chopper to Moose, and it was a do-or-die play. Moose coming in, you got to bare hand that and make the throw, and not a lot you can do about it. To me, those plays are almost like a foul tip to a catcher. I mean, it's like there's not a lot you can do. You just play the right form, you come in, you do the best you can. I mean, obviously, it, obviously there's a little more skill involved with coming in at third than there is in a foul tip. A foul tip's more luck catching that than it is a third baseman coming in, but kind of the same thing. You put yourself in position and, and hope that it comes out in your favor. I didn't that that time. Moose has made all the other plays this year. Made a couple more great plays tonight, but well, good plays tonight, not great plays, but some good solid defense from Moose tonight. Didn't make that play, but had he made that play, that three run home run never happened. So keep that in mind, too, with Duffy when you look at his at his line. Through strikes. I thought Ned left him in the perfect amount of time. You know, I guess you could if you really wanted to. Jason Fraser was up at the start of that six. But what first pitch is bang for a double by Abreu. Royal Slava lead. Duffy's been pretty good. His pitch count's still upper 70s, right around 80. He's your number two starter. That's the reason. He's your number two. You're going back out with him in the six. No doubt about it. Good move by Ned. You've got to establish that he's a number two. He wants to throw 200 innings. He's been very vocal about that. That's his goal. So Ned throwing him out there for the 6 i I'm with it. Second hitter, I'm with it. Once second guy got on there, he had first and third, he properly went to Fraser out of the bullpen. Had to delay a little bit, Fraser came in and and got the Royals out of a jam. Let's talk about that. The unsung hero of the night, he easily could have been the moment of the game or the player of the game. And I'll note that later on this year. But the fact that the Royals hit back-to-back, or not back-to-back, but back-to-back games with... Multiple jacks to start a season—the first time since the late 70s. <laughs> I mean, you got to give the Royals' power some recognition tonight. But Fraser, you know, coming out first and third, nobody out. He gets Alexi Ramirez and a pretty well-hit ball to right field to to Rios, that scored to Brayu, which is fine, tied the game at five. And then Fraser strikes out. LaRoche looking Beckham, bam, filthy. It was just throwing BBs up there, just throwing darts. Gets out of the inning there, and that's huge. Herrera, Davis, Holland. Never take him for granted, Royals fans, because that's just, we're not going to have that forever. Another year or two, we probably won't. Probably next year, one of those guys will be gone with salaries and such. You never know when an injury could buy it or when a reliever will regress. So never take that for granted. But gosh, isn't it nice to put those three in there and, and feel pretty damn sure that you're probably not going to give up any runs? Or if you do, it's going to be one. It's like you sit back, put it on cruise control, and just pray your offense can score one run for you. And luckily, the Royals score two. Now, before we talk about the offense, defensively, Salvi. Guns out two runners at second, one of them a would-be base dealer, Adam Eaton, in the seventh inning. Eaton's fast, too. I thought he got an average jump. It wasn't a great jump, but what did Salvi get him by? Two steps plus a slide? That just doesn't happen, man. If Bo Jackson were a catcher, that's what Bo Jackson would do. That's how good that throw was by Salvi. And then in the fifth inning, the ball, of course, short hops Salvi in front of the plate. He hustles to it, throws down to eski and, and gets the runner, at Carlos Sanchez, trying to advance to second base. Now, give Eski a big-time props on that, too. That, that wasn't an easy short hop that Salvi threw down there. It was a quick release by Salvi to give him the ball all over it, pounced it out like a cat. But Eski digs that ball, puts the tag down. Big-time play. Big-time play. And we talked about the differences, you know, myself and Clubhouse Conversation Insider Jake Lutz, he joins me every Sunday. We did our, our preview. I don't know if you listened to it. It's about an hour long. We had that about a week ago. And we talked about the Royals versus the Sox. And one of the things we talked about was defense. And in this series, you've already seen the White Sox not making the plays. Twice tonight, they fell asleep on delayed steals. Salvador freaking Perez, delayed steal after the Royals already had earlier with Escobar. Twice they fell asleep at the middle infield there on defense. First game, we saw some miscommunication on a ball through the middle that Gordon hit. I thought Adam Eaton misplayed a little bit, hesitated a little bit on a play that Kane surely would have gotten on that double in the first inning off the bat of Moose. You just see the little things in a game like this. I mean, that led to a run for the Royals, a couple runs opening. I mean, just little things like that, man. That's why the Royals, and that's why the experts who look at the Royals lineup and may not call it that sexy, and look at their rotation and may not call it that sexy, they don't understand that. This team's built on, on pitching and defense. A little bit of speed, and the Royals are showing a little bit of power so far to start the year. And that's this is the things the Royals do. It's why they have the intangibles that I mean. I hate to you know pull the old classic old man baseball quote, but the things that don't show up in the box score. <laughs> I mean, they they really do. If you watch these games, you see it. And offensively, I thought great at bats all night. The Royals worked the pitch count magnificently. I mean, it was just great at bat after great at bat. How many times did the Royals give away an at-bat tonight? Was there a single one? Not that I can remember. The Royals had only two walks, but it felt like they had four or five. I mean, they were fouling off pitches. Some great at-bats tonight from guys, namely Moustakis, Escobar. Gordo had a real patient at-bat that led to a walk. I mean, it was just good at-bats by the Royals tonight. Hit some balls hard, but some bad luck. Low cane, the at-bat before he hit the deciding jacks. Smoked that ball to left field, and Fonte hit one hard one time to right. So some of the at-bats that led to outs were hit hard. Salvi hit one hard earlier in the game. I love seeing it. Escobar, 3-for-5, ends the game with three straight singles. Kane, 3-for-5 with a jack. Hosmer, Moose, and Perez, two hits apiece. Only Infante remains hitless so far, but he did smoke a ball to third on opening day and one to right tonight. He's also hitting ninth. He'll come around. Great game, great crowd. Tomorrow the Royals can go for the sweep. And let's talk about how big it is the Royals started off 2-0. and these AL Central head-to-head battles, they're so important. And again, it's April 8th. It's April freaking 8th. We're not September 8th. We're not even July 8th. I get it. But again, we're going to harp on this all summer. In a division that we probably pretty much all, and even the experts agree, will be decided by a max of three games. Probably not even that much. It could be a game or two. Every single one of these games is huge. And getting the White Sox before Chris Sale. Getting a sweep tomorrow would be gigantic. You want to get to at least 10 to 11 wins against the White Sox this year. You've already got two. Get those three out of the way before you face sale later in the year. Before Samarja rebounds. Before you have a little slump. Before you have some bad luck. The Sox will beat the Royals sometimes this year, this year obviously. Get those AL Central wins because that was the Royals... You know, they, they weren't great last year in, in the Central. That kept them from winning the division. So... Good start. Getting a sweep tomorrow, man. I mean, it's kind of a gravy game. I, I call certain games gravy games, where if you win them, it's great. If you lose them, oh well. Tomorrow's kind of a gravy game, but let's get it. You know? How many years of the Royals gotten off to bad starts? A lot. Let's build it up. Let's get off to a really nice start. I'd love to, I'd love to see like a... I don't know how many games they play. What, 27 this month? No, not any. 24 this month? Uh, the schedule's not in front of me, but I'm going to guess they're playing 24, 25. I mean, let's... let's Let's be four, five, six games over 500 at the end of this month. Be a great way to start. Tomorrow, Edison Volquez making his KC debut. I'm excited to see how he throws. Against John Danks, who's kind of a royal nemesis. I mean, not really. But last year, three outings against KC. 20 innings, a 3 ERA for Danks. Seven runs and 20 innings. A couple of the games were memorable. The first one, not so much. April 5th at KC. Seven innings, three runs. I remember nothing about that game, but... Uh, the other two games I remember. The Dyson and Gore game at home against the K where they came from behind in walk-off fashion, the infield chopper, the stolen bases. He threw that night. Six innings, two runs, September 15th of last year, that cold night at Kauffman Stadium. And then we also saw him the night where the Royals lost the AL Central. That Saturday night, September 27th in Chicago. The Duffy game where it was delayed for the Canerco for like 10 hours, it seemed like. I was at that game in Chicago. Canerco's thing delayed the game for like 45 minutes. Duffy came out with what would end up being an injury that we didn't know about until after the year. That was the night that Danks threw, and he won that game. Seven innings, two runs, five hits. I like the Royals again tomorrow. I I think our lineup, obviously, we're going to see Paulo Orlando making his big league debut in left field. It seems like in recent years, the Royals put in a guy in his major league debut, and he does stuff, doesn't it? I'm trying to think. I mean, if Irving Falouk comes to mind. What, we'll a triple, double? Did he have three hits his major league debut? It seemed like he did. And who was, was there somebody else last year that had a debut that had a big night? I think there was. Tweet me if you remember. At, at Royals Clubhouse or Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. It's late at night as I get to this here, so I'm trying to think who that was off the top of my head. But it seems like somebody else had a big debut. I imagine there's a decent chance we'll see Christian Cologne make his debut at second tomorrow, especially with Infante still not maybe 100%. Get Cologne in there. Get Orlando in there right away. Dyson obviously not. Do you play Kratz tomorrow or not? Because you're not going to catch – are you gonna? Hmm, what are you? Are you Kratz, Kratz has to either catch tomorrow one game in, in Anaheim. It's not going to be the Sunday game because they're going to pair Ventura with Perez. And I can't see it being the game one on Friday. So Kratz either catches tomorrow or Saturday. It'll be interesting to see what Ned does and, and how he goes about getting Salvy the days off that he needs this year. Anyway, uh, we'll be back on Friday evening on Clubhouse Conversation. I will be working the majority of the day. I will get to watch the full game tomorrow but actually will not be at the game, which stinks. So we'll wait until Friday to get to your next dish here on Clubhouse Conversation after the game Friday night. We will have an interview tomorrow morning. I will be talking to Andy Ferguson, who, if you look at the stats, had a great year last year for Northwest Arkansas. Imagine he'll be up in Omaha before long. He made the Naturals opening day roster. They start tomorrow. We're going to talk to him tomorrow morning. So look for an interview with Andy Ferguson, a guy you should pay attention to this year. A make-or-break year for Ferguson, could do big things, could jump up and become a legitimate prospect by the end of this year. Great year last year for Ferguson. Look at the numbers, especially in a real hitter-friendly Texas league. ERA, about a full run almost lower than the rest of the Texas league. So we'll see what he can do. We'll talk to him. Look for that tomorrow here on Clubhouse Conversation. Look for our next dish on Friday night. Hopefully the Royals will be 3-1 or 4-0 and at that point. Have yourself a great night and go Royals. And thank you again for listening to Clubhouse Conversation. Remember, you can all subscribe on iTunes, download the files on the site, stream from the site, at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter, Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. Drop me an email or comment. would love to talk to you and talk baseball. It's O. Good night. Clubhouse Conversation.